So Josh is getting ready for the show, doing a meditation with breathing exercises and positive affirmations. Meanwhile, I am crushing another Celsius energy drink. It's all about what prepares you best for the back nine. This is the back nine with Dennis Williams and Josh Mora. Hello, my friend. What a great season this has been. So fun meeting. We got a great guest coming up. I'm not going to say yet, but um, it's been so fun to just re. I think the best part has been reconnecting with people. But I also think what's incredible is how good you are at meditating before the show. I don't know how you can be so quiet, peaceful with yourself, with your thoughts. I, I can't do that. I'm not good at it. You know, some people need that hype music, like they want to come screaming out of the tunnel and kick the crap out of Alabama. And others, you know, we just go to our Zen place. I mean, this, this whole thing is a Zen place for me. I, I, I feel like I'm in alignment when you and I are talking about the back nine, when we bring in our guests yeah. to talk about the back nine. So it's, it's very easy for me to be. And, but I do, I take that seriously, Dennis. I mean, I, we're, we're kidding about it, but I, I do meditate every morning and it's, it's very much a part of my routine. I love that. And I do it too occasionally when I can't sleep at night, but I'm just, I'm terrible at it. My mind just never really shuts off. I've never been good at meditating. But anyway. Well, but that's why they call it a practice. It takes practice. Okay. It's a meditative practice. But if you're never good at it, it's, you can practice more. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that good at golf, even though we have a golf themed show, but I practice. Well, you know, remember back earlier in the season when we were talking about where we came from, you said uh, you'd worked in Elmira. We knew each other. Yeah. I had worked in Utica. We both got jobs in Buffalo three months apart, and we you said this on a previous show. You said, man, we felt like we made the big leagues. Remember that? You were like- I when do. Because we, we you went from Elmira and from Utica, and we're in Buffalo, and, and, and Buffalo was the big leagues. Right. Professional sports teams. You know what else made it the big leagues? Meeting people like our, next, our, our guest. Absolutely. Carol Negrelli. Carol, so nice to have you on the show, and I mean that so sincerely. When I oh. met you, I'm like- there's the classiest, coolest, best lead anchor you could ever want to work next to. And, and I'm not saying that lightly. Like it was like talent and class and grace and all the things you want to. And here I am, a 26-year-old punk, lucky enough to sit next to her. Hi, hi, Carol. Thank you for joining us. Well, hello, young Dennis. It is my pleasure to join you and Josh. Um, well, we're You'll always the young Dennis to me. <laughs> we're so thrilled to have you on the show. Um and you know a little bit about what this is about. And you have just such mm. a cool story. Um, you know, you had a front nine that was a broadcast career that was very successful in Buffalo. Um, mm. And then you made a transition um, by choice to get out of the business in 2002 and, and mm. um, you know, follow your husband, I guess, around to, 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 do, to follow his dream. But then meanwhile, mm. you were able to follow your dream. So maybe just... Take us through first. Let's let's do this in pieces. Take us through first that decision to go from like superstar in Buffalo, uh, everybody knows you, to being like, you know what? I just want to be anonymous and do something different. Take us through that decision. Yeah. It, well, Buffalo was my home for twenty three years. My first marriage produced two beautiful daughters. Life was good. I had a successful career. I knew everybody in Buffalo, as only you can in Buffalo. You're either related to them or you know them. <laughs> and when, when, when the bottom fell out of my marriage, that's when being a quasi-regional celebrity became a negative because everybody knew your business. 
And even if they didn't know the particulars of your business, they made them up. So that was a difficult time. I I left my marriage for for reasons. And then when I fell in love with Craig, nothing else mattered. Um, I I knew that my life with him would be one of serenity because that's what I felt when I was with him. Very serene, very taken care of. And it was no problem for me to leave a business that I had known since I was 22 years old, first radio and then a couple stops in television. Um, and it was a it was a joy for me to um, to be with Craig when he ascended that that professional ladder. And so uh, I went from six figures to nothing, <laughs> and I went from being a somebody to being Craig Negrelli's wife. And it was it was an absolute joy. And I have I have had a tremendously rewarding life for the last 22 years. It is my second chapter. Well, what's it cool is my second. What, what's cool about it is that you, you you said to me, I got to be a kid again or, or something along those lines. Maybe you could, oh, I, I love okay. when you said that to me because I, oh, yeah. I never thought of it like that. The back nine, you're supposed to be getting older and you became a kid. And I, <laughs> I, I want you to share that with the audience because I just thought that was the coolest yeah. thing to hear that. Yeah. Well, my first job out of broadcasting, Craig and I moved to Albuquerque where he was the morning anchor. And so my first job after Buffalo was I worked retail at Godiva Chocolates <laughs> at a mall in Albuquerque. So now, and I tell people I did on the on the on the back end of my life what most people do at the beginning of their profession of, of their adult life. I worked retail, and then I got into elder care. I became uh, the, pub, the public relations person, media relations person for the largest nursing home in the Southwest, and I discovered my passion for uh, for elder care. And so here, here I am doing two totally different things. And then when we moved to Minneapolis, St. Paul, Craig, as a surprise for my birthday in 2004, Craig had my childhood cello totally refurbished for me. I hadn't touched it in 28 years during my career. And as a, as a surprise, he said, open your eyes. And there was my cello, new strings, new bridge, new sound post, new case new bow he gave me back my music and in that way dennis he gave me back my youth because that was carol chrissy carol chrissy was known as a musician and a cellist all through high all through elementary school junior high and high school and so he gave me back my music and now i am known in the midwest as a cellist and a writer that's how i have evolved <laughs> that's fantastic take take us through carol if you would the process of you know, not going past that introductory moment where your new bow bought, brought you back your new bow. Uh, yeah, right. right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. Be here all week. Very good. The, the, very good. The, um, but but the, the, the process of being alerted to something that had brought you joy in the past, rediscovering that joy mm -hmm. and then leaning into it. I think a lot of the mm -hmm. people that I've, I've talked to, I think we've talked to both on this podcast and in our personal lives struggle to accept the, the idea that they can have that joy again, even if it is a joy from earlier in their lives. And I think they'd be informed oh. by, by your process in that. Um, first of all, Craig had never heard me play cello. My daughters had never heard me play cello. Oh, wow. And wow. I asked Craig once, I said, I said, how did you know that this would work? 
how did you know that if you got my cello refurbished for me and I started playing again, that this would turn out? He said, he said, I've heard you talk about it. And I he said, I just had a feeling that it would, that it would work. And it did. I mean, I've been playing in orchestras. I'm known as a church cellist. I'm the cellist at, <laughs> at Creighton University and at, at St. John's at Creighton University. I've played all over the Midwest. Um, and it was it was something it was a passion I had as a child, a passion I had as a teenager, although I did not major in music. It has always been my happy hobby. And I think that's the key, Josh. When something is your happy hobby, it has and it has always remained that way for me, um, then it's a joy to take it back up again. And it's it's not no one's uh, whipping me or holding an axe over my head to be perfect and to practice and my scales and blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm doing this on my own at my own pace at my own leisure, and it's it it, it is a joy. Can you can you describe what what that fulfillment is like? What it feels like to be in that moment when you're playing, when you when a piece of music speaks to you, when there is an audience oh, yeah. that applauds for you. Yeah, well, it, there's nothing like it. Music has always spoken to me. Music speaks more clearly to me than words do. Music has always spoken more clearly to me than words than words do. I get very emotional. I, I cry at CVS commercials <laughs> if the music was good. And and I cry very easily with music. It makes me extremely emotional. Now, as you can only imagine, a cello is that kind of an instrument that can bring out the tears because it's a very mournful sounding instrument. It's not too high. It's not too low. It's, it's actually the instrument closest to the human voice in its timbre and its range. And so... People, I think, automatically respond to the to the sound of a cello. When I play a Bach cello suite unaccompanied, or when I play some sad um, liturgical music at St. John's, uh, I can't tell you how many people just break into tears and just say how much it means to them. I'll play O Come, O Come, Emmanuel as a duet for cello and piano. It's very, very beautiful as the arrangement is so incredible. And people are in tears. That's what I bring to their lives. It may be one church in Omaha, Nebraska, but how it's wonderful how many people come up to me and say, you know, you've touched my soul. And, and I can't ask for anything more than that. It's so great. You're such an inspiration to be sharing this with us and, and with people who want to know more about how they can be better on the back nine. I mean, Josh and I have also talked uh, with a lot of people who who go through really really tough times and th- and those dark t- times that you have, whether it's you know you went through a divorce, I did, Josh did, like those moments where you're yeah. not sure you're going to dig yourself out of it when you're in these really yeah. really low low points. So 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 talk to our audience mm-hmm. a little bit about how you dig yourself out of that and get to the point you're at because so many people don't get there. So many people don't get yeah. the opportunity to be on this other side and become a kid again and play the cello and and have this incredible yeah. life that you've created for yourself, you and Craig. And it's just inspirational. Yeah. I, I literally have goosebumps right now talking to you. It's like so cool. And <laughs> I, I just want you to I just want you to share how you got out of the because it, it's all great now, but it wasn't always right. You know, we all know no, it like was, it was some I, dark times. I, no, it, it was horrible. And I'll tell you what happened. Um, I I hyperventilated in the middle of a newscast. When I was doing the noon newscast one day, and I hyperventilated, and they had to go to a commercial immediately, and Kathy Polanco came out and finished the newscast for me. And I knew then that something was terribly wrong. Uh, 
and I went into a depression, maybe not a clinical depression, but I was depressed. And I, I, I knew something was wrong and I knew I had to change something. And I knew enough to get myself to a psychologist, not a psychiatrist, a psychologist, someone to talk this out with. And I had the most wonderful psychologist who lived a couple blocks from me on Woodward Avenue in, in Buffalo. And, you know, I saw him off and on for 10 years. He kept me, he kept me going. And the way he did it was to face what was wrong, to accept the things that were wrong in my life. And then to, when I felt down and when I started to get into that black hole, to get up and get active, get up, walk, do something, don't just sit there, stay active. And that was a big, big help. And he, you know, he really kept me in my marriage 10 years longer than I would have stayed hmm. because I learned to just, just don't confront, don't argue, which I never did anyway. I don't believe in arguing. Um, uh, concentrate on other things. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it, and it saw me through. It was a, a very bad time. I was, uh, that's why I had a co-anchor after that incident. I never solo anchored again. Because, wow, is that um, right? My, de- my depression or my anxieties and my stress over my life manifested itself that one day on the air. And it all kind of came crashing down on me. Of course, you, when you're talking in front of thousands of people at a time, um, you are at your most vulnerable and that's when it hit me. And I, it took me a long time to crawl out of that black hole. But I never anchored solo again because I, I was, I think I'd lost my confidence. Right. But, I, but people say, you know, when I tell people that, they say, well, we never knew it. We, you could never tell. Well, it's because I, <laughs> I had a Bob Cooper. I had a Don Postles beside me. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. The Back Nine podcast is brought to you in part by Three Bridges Consulting. And look, I'm sitting across from one of the founders. At their core, Three Bridges are storytellers. They bring your brand to life with high quality video and rich still photography. And they can help elevate your brand by finding the right distribution channels for the content they produce. So visit threebridgesconsulting.co. That's the number three, bridgesconsulting.co for more. The Back Nine Podcast is brought to you in part by Nick Warner Consulting. On his Back Nine, Nick is a business coach and consultant. Nick says hope is not a strategy. His consulting is tailored to your unique situation while remaining adaptable to solve problems and create new opportunities. Nick pairs well with new businesses and also leaders or individuals who are stuck and looking for personal and professional growth. He has helped my business, Three Bridges Consulting, immensely. I cannot recommend Nick enough. Visit nickwarnerconsulting.com today for more. Now back to the guys. You were a pro, Bro, and you know, you know what else? We, yeah, you were a pro, and I, I learned from pros like you and from Van, because remember Van Miller was going through some personal oh, yeah. stuff too, and he would show up, and when he had his five minutes on the air, you never knew what was going on behind the scene. No, I, know, I always it, tell it, people that's, those that's stories right. about him. Like, if anybody knew what was going on behind the scenes in his life, they would they would be blown away at how good he was at his craft. But that was no, what he was, I mean, and, and I learned from that. <laughs> so, you know, in, in, 
I'm sorry, girl, in, in, in life, you know, not everybody, most people don't have the kind of public facing jobs that we all did being on camera, Yeah. but we do have the responsibility when things are going uh, poorly or badly in our personal lives, we still have a professional life that we have to, you know, if we want to pay our bills, right, we have to go to work, right? We have to get the job done. How, how were you able to, I mean, you had your, your, you, you described a little bit what, that you had some lack of confidence on the air, but how did yeah. you do it day to day? How did you, how did you wake up in the morning and get through all of those things um, to be able to progress and through therapy to get to the point where you, right. where you were then, and then eventually where you are today? Well, uh, again, uh, credit to my psychologist that, you know, this, uh, the desire to flee was very big with me. I wanted to quit. I just wanted to quit. I couldn't face it anymore. He said, that's the absolute worst thing you can do. He, he said, you have got to keep going. He said, you are good at what you do. You love what you do. He says, you've just got to keep going through it. And I think, Josh, it was just getting up every day with this, uh, this dread inside mm. of you. And for a good, I would say, three solid years, going to work and being on the air was like the first night of a play, the, fir- the opening night of a play. It was that kind of nerves that I had. And I just had to take... I did my breathing exercises, had to take that deep breath. And, you know, I prayed a little bit. I said, just get me through this, if you would, please. <laughs> For three years that that went on. Oh. It was it was very difficult. But but and, and that was when the marriage was still going on. I, I. You know, you're dealing with personal issues and trying to work through them at the same time, having a very having a job that you needed to get through. And um, it was not easy. I think you just have to, you have to keep going. You don't have a choice. Right. You don't have a choice. You right. have just got to keep going. Right. Well, we thank you very much. I will tell you one memory I have. I remember the, the, the Carol that, that there's a video I remember of you dancing to a U2 song behind the scenes. Oh, it was yeah. like a behind the scenes. I wish I could see that again. I think it was Beautiful Day or you were boogieing down. So fun Carol was what I remember. I know you had your dark moments, but I remember that video that was produced behind the scenes of you dancing. You know, it was in a commercial break or something and they played that song and oh, you, yeah. you went full out. So you always loved your music, and that's that was a sign. And you even loved your U two, I guess, at the time because you were you were into it. So that was super fun. And those are my memories of you: all the laughs and the fun and the and the good times. Sure. But we certainly have been through been through a lot too. Yeah, you never know when someone is going to have a dark time. You just you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Right. You don't know when you meet someone what they've been through. Um, my hat is off to anyone who has ever gone through that kind of diverse, uh, uh, adversity. It's brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. Well, I, I just like that. I I never had the privilege of of working with you. Dennis did, but I I can tell you, having worked at at the other station down the street and then at the at the Sports Channel, I, I always thought of you as the paragon of of news in that time. You were such a such a classy person, still are obviously. And, um, you know, when I think about the, my time in that town um, and I think about the people that were the at the top of the profession, I always think of you. And uh, um, you're so, very kind. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean it sir, sincerely. Well, thanks so much. The Craig best part said, of the show is reconnecting. So it's so great. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I love it. I just want to say Craig says hi to Josh. He's uh, too bad. You can't talk Blackhawks right now. <laughs> Two Chicago Blackhawks fans yeah. were suffering. But right. uh, tell, them, tell them we say send them. our love, of course. Thanks so much. Wonderful to see you. So much fun. Thank you, you for having thanks, me on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Okay. All right, babies. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Wow, such a spectacular guest. Uh, great way to uh, for the 18th hole, right, to, to finish off the season. 
Absolutely. I, you know, we didn't even, we talked a lot about the, the difficulty she had in the transition. And we talked a little bit about the joy that she feels now. We, we kind of skipped the few years in between those two things happening in the life that she and Craig, who again is our friend, uh, Craig Negrelli, um, that they've built together. I certainly take away a couple of things. First and foremost, the idea that to get through the darkest times, go find something that brings you joy. Now, she's been able to continue it to a a ridiculous level of success, which is (laughs) phenomenal and and unbelievably inspirational. I remember going through some difficult times, and, and, you know, we've talked about I, I played hockey in college. Skating, or the act of skating, has always been therapeutic for me. And my brother said, Go get yourself a pair of rollerblades, <laughs> and and yeah, and 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 when I've really been, you know, it, it just feels natural. That's how my body feels good is when I'm skating, you know, just rolling down the street, even though it's not ice skating. But but similar, now I don't, you know, I'm not doing it in front of a live audience, obviously, or or performing in a in any capacity. But it is something that grounded me through difficult times that helped me feel good when I was struggling. Yeah, I think I go I go back to the, and why I was so excited to talk to her is that we could all find that thing that gives us the childlike excitement, right? Mm-hmm. Where her going back to the uh, the chance to play the cello, which brought her back to her not just high school but to elementary school to her youth, and and then she still, you know, I didn't bring this up, but it's clear that she still has that performance piece mm-hmm. to her, right? You you were in front of a camera for a while. Now she can perform playing the cello and and have an audience and have them react to her without her having, she says, I don't have to use words because the the, uh, instrument is so magical and it's the human voice and the the timbre of it matches the human voice and and it's emotional. So I I love that part too. So um, yeah, super grateful that we had her on and it's it's just been a great season. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that, said the podcast host with his co-podcast host and performer. (laughs) But I I think the other thing too that I took away was this. You know, she was clearly describing, although not stating outwardly, that she was in, her marriage was troubled for several years. And here she is completely in love again. She fell in love with somebody enough that she would give up what she was, had been doing and had been successful in to follow her guy around and support his dreams. And that's been incredibly rewarding for her. And so the, the takeaway I have there is no matter how difficult things are on the other side of divorce— there is so much joy in being able to find love again in relationship and in successful, healthy relationship. And I'm, I'm just overjoyed that, that she and Craig have been able to do that for, you know, decades now. Right. And to find the word she used was peace, like yeah. peace and calm. Right. That means that previous life was chaotic and stressful. And, and from from her marriage to everything, it was very stressful. And and I feel fortunate, you feel fortunate, that, like we're finding that peace on the back nine. And we hope that for everybody else. And that's what the season was about. And next season will be about is about finding that that inner peace. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it's been a great, great nine holes. Now, we're not done because we've got one more episode after this. We're going to do the 19th hole, which is in golf vernacular. Yeah. That is sitting at the bar and talking about the previous 18 holes, or in this case, the back nine, we're going to talk about the season. It's so often more than that too, right? Yeah, we talk about the golf game that we've just played, but it often leads into other conversations. Maybe conversations we started while we were on the golf course, or maybe it's just the check-in of, hey, what's going on in your life? Who are you dating? Uh, How are things at work? That tends to be, and that's the idea of what we've wanted you to see 
in joining us in these conversations. And we're going to go do that um, in a slightly extended format on the 19th hole to close out uh, our first round. Yeah, we'll see you with, uh, with a Tito's and soda on, at the 19th hole. We'll be there. Thank you so much for listening to the Back Nine Podcast. Please like, follow, and share, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred platform. The Back Nine is meticulously curated by Janine Stella and recorded at Pixelwork Studios in Delray Beach, Florida.